The wonderful, the talented, the absolute—you're you're stunning, oh. <laughs> Emily Sandy. Hi, hello. Did he pronounce that right? Because I hear yes. people mess up your name all the time. Yeah, no, that was good. Nice. I heard a lot of different pronunciations. Well, <laughs> it was probably it was a very interesting road for you when you first approached America from the UK. Yes. Like, how how do you summarize that time in your life? Uh, pretty mental, like pretty yeah. fast, pretty hectic, but um, it was all just exciting, like new things, new cities I've never been to before. So it was all like just experiencing a lot of senses a lot <laughs> at yeah. once. And what were the people? Because, you, you know, you did you feel like you had to reintroduce yourself? Because you did, kind of. Yeah. Was it like, I feel like humbling because you're coming off of the UK, four million records back then. I mean, more now. I mean, it, you are huge there. Yeah, I mean, it felt good for me because, you know, I, I really didn't know what to expect in the UK. So yeah. coming to America, I was like, okay, cool. Well, we get to start from zero again, and this time I can kind of pace it the way I want. But uh, it was just great. There's a real freedom in the States. You know, yeah. there's a real, it's just so big, so you can kind of just really be yourself over here, and there's a lot of passion. And, like, the other thing, you're right, it is big. There is a lot of passion. <laughs> it's it's a very different world, and the music is really different. Yes. Is there a scene you prefer more than the other? I mean, I, I love soul music. A lot of music I listened to as a kid was from over here. Yeah. So I love soul, I love hip hop. I love like black music in the uh, in America. I think yeah. it's really inspiring for all of us at the UK. Hell yeah. I like the music there now. It's a very different scene than here a little bit. Yeah. There's a different, like, you know, in London you can feel that that's... That is the sound of London, if yes. that makes sense. No, you're right. Um, but it's like a real, uh, it's pretty eclectic because we've all kind of grown up listening to, to a lot of different genres on the radio. Yeah. But now, yeah, there's a, there's a new confidence, which I'm, I'm really feeling in London. And it's a very, it's a, it's a smaller group of musicians mm. in the UK. Do you, I feel like, do you know everybody really? Because um, We've at least seen everyone once, once. somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Teen Awards, whatever. There's yeah. a thousand of them. <laughs> yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. I'm a big, nice. I'm a big fan of the UK. If I, I would like to live there one day. Okay, cool. But America is my home. <laughs> yeah. Dan just wants to get rid of me. Right? No, 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 you're good. Breathing, <laughs> breathing underwater. Yes. Oh, so good. That oh. is. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. Thank you. Uh huh. Tell me the story. Breathing underwater. I wrote that with a producer called Chris Loco. He was one of the first people I met when I moved to London, and um, we just had this really long conversation for the verses and the chorus on separate occasions, and then it just all. Just start coming out. It was like I was. Yeah. I was like, "Hey, I believe in miracles because it's a miracle I'm here." And he's like, "Write that down." <laughs> it was literally like there's conversations coming out, and then it just all became a song. So cool. you came in with no idea, no concept. It was just all in the moment. Yeah, just all in the moment. Like we we really went deep in conversation. We're only yeah. supposed to have like a two hour session it turned into like five hours, and then we just. Caught the, caught the wave, really. Wow. I mean, it's a beautiful record. Thank you. It really is. Top to bottom, a really great listen, an incredible story. Is there a part of you that feels like, you know, we just had the conversation yesterday with John Legend, right? Like, when, when he makes music, right, he just makes music for art. And if it's marketable and somebody thinks they can market it and sell it, then great. Yeah. Right? But great music doesn't always become the number one record. It's not always... It, 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 it's not always the one everybody's going to love. Yeah. Are Do you... When you put your all into a song like Breathing Underwater, do you have to have that level of acceptance that, like, I love it, the world's <laughs> going to love it for what it is and the story that it tells, but it might not be next to me. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, you just have to, because as soon as you try and write a hit, it sounds 
Like, yeah, can, you, you know, can tell. You contrived, and it sounds yeah. like you've tried. You can hear the thinking in the music. So, you know, uh, I don't know. When you just get that perfect match of melody and lyric and the real sentiments in it, then um, you can just hope for the best and see what happens. Yeah. What do you think about artists that go into the studio looking to craft a hit and they feel like they have the science uh, behind what it takes to make a hit? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I like. I can't really function in those type of sessions because, <laughs> you know, when ma- when music becomes maths, yeah. it's it becomes pretty impossible. And it takes for me, it takes the passion out of the music. It's important to have somebody kind of support for yourself to critique what you're doing uh-huh. and like minimize, you know, how long you need to say something. But I can't do the formulaic stuff. It doesn't. I just. I don't know the equation. <laughs> <laughs> I've never figured out the equation. Yeah. I just be me. Yeah. And create art. Yeah. Well, well, your, you go. Well, as an artist who can actually sing, what do you think of some of the singers today who really can't do it live? Like you've watched award shows and it's rough. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I feel like the the concept of an artist today is so different. Yeah. You know, and there's there's things that I'm only now starting to understand, like the art in dance and a lot of visual arts. So I don't think it's my place to kind of, uh, you know, judge anyone else's art because mine is singing and songwriting. That's what I love to do. But I feel like other people express them, themselves in different ways. So Rihanna, that was a good answer. <laughs> 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 but but it, admittedly, it did take you a second, right? Because as a yeah. real artist and a genuine musician, if you look at somebody like Rihanna, right, mm-hmm. and the way she crafts her hits, she gets every best writer and producer and puts them in a house and says, go to work. And <laughs> that's that's not necessarily her strength, but I guess one can say her strength is the character that is Rihanna, and that's yeah. the art, and from the outfits, the pyro, mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. But it, I mean, just, I, I'm not a musician, so I don't know, but I, you know, you could look at that and say, uh, th- that's it? You know that that, but it takes time to appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, when I especially when I listen to Rihanna's new album, I yeah. feel like that's when she's really starting to take control as an artist and yeah. things that she would. Well, I, I assume. Well, I guess she loves all her hits. Like, <laughs> but I mean, oh, right? this artist. Uh, sorry, this album. I really felt like I got more depth from her, and just as I might grow like visually, or might. I don't think I'm ever going to start dancing, but <laughs> you know, when I start to understand that world more, then you know, there's growth in different areas. Yeah, yeah. Tell me the story about Hertz. Uh, Hertz was one of the last songs written for the album. I wrote it with uh, Phil Lee and Matt Holmes. Uh, Matt Holmes, and uh, yeah, it's just a big explosion of emotions and. Yeah, it's just is what it is. <laughs> Did it hurt to write? No, it was really fun to write. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was it freeing because you were hurt and you needed to get it out? Yeah, it was like, oh, sh- there you go. Like, yeah. th- that's it. And uh, it was, yeah, no censorship, nothing. Just this is the truth. And to finally get it out and kind of semi-rap was pretty fun. How would you get out your emotions if you didn't have music? Do you ever think of that? Maybe I'd be like, I don't know, a boxer or like <laughs> <laughs> something just as intense. <laughs> a human being would bleed by my face. <laughs> Beneath your beautiful is one of... I, might be like my top five favorite songs of all time. Oh, wow. <laughs> you and Labyrinth and Mike Posner, yes. did you write it with Mike or did he come to the table with it finished? Yeah, they they had the first verse and the chorus done and then they said, do you want to come in? And we kind of just, me and Lab just went through the second verse together. But yeah, it was all pretty much done, the chorus and everything. And, and I heard it and I thought, wow, this sounds really big and like a very beautiful song. So <sighs> that whole process was, was beautiful. Just thinking the song gives me goosebumps. Wow. But that, you know, from my mind, just back to the conversation we were 
George is having, right, of an incredible song, wishing it could have been a bigger hit and wishing that more people would have loved it. That was a song that I was pushing here in the States. Yeah. And like it just didn't get the traction that I believed it could have because I, for, for whatever reason, yeah. I was disappointed by it. <laughs> Not by the song, but by America almost, you know, <laughs> yeah. because it is so beautiful. It is so yeah. meaningful. Yeah, I love that song, and, and it really resonated in the UK. You yeah, know? it did. Um, so what we performed over here a few times, and it's just that's when you realize how massive the states are. Yeah. You know, it was like you feel like a tiny drop in this big, massive ocean, really. <laughs> so, um, you know, when we performed the songs, people did connect, but there's just so many different places you need to play it or kind of to get people's acknowledgement of it. But hopefully one day, maybe like five years from now, it'll be in a film or something, and people might finally hear it. I will help bring that song back when the time is right thank you seriously <laughs> I, it's i listen to it all the time still oh wow it's thank really you. i and i'm a huge mike posner fan and i think yeah. he's such an incredible artist it's brilliant next to me would you consider that one of your most life-changing songs uh yeah, definitely. Like that was uh, the real breakthrough in in the UK. Yeah, you know, I'd had songs that were a bit more like uh, I don't know if you want to go underground or a bit more like specific to genre. So next to me was the first kind of pop breakthrough there, and then over here as well, performing it is it's wicked. Seeing people know it here, people loved it here. Uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know every word to it. <laughs> cool. Can you tell me the story behind that song? And uh, next to me, I wrote that song with. Um, two British producers called Crazy and Hoax and we were in their bedroom actually and cool. we, were, we were just on the computer and then we were going through this piano loop and it just it came and then it, it got more and more organic as we made it you know we yeah. got live choir we got live piano played everything and yeah I, I still love singing that song Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise What a wonderful day it's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you look at the states, right? How, what is your plan of action? What is your plan of impact, right? How, how do you how do you plan on like resonating with people here? Do you have one, or is it just let your art speak? Yeah, I mean that's as far as my plan goes. But <laughs> I'm hoping that, everybody else has a plan. Yeah, I hope other people have a better, more structured plan. But um, for me, yeah, I mean, it's, it's great to have a team around you that can try and spread it as far as possible. But if yeah. the song isn't connecting, then it isn't connecting. So I just I've I've made music that's true to me, and I hope speaks to people and. We'll just see what happens from there, really. What What is your writing process? Like, do you get inspiration? You keep notes? How does it work for you? Like, when, when you go into the studio, like we were talking about that once, uh, uh, Breathing Underwater, right? You, that was formed in the studio. But yeah. are you gathering inspiration consistently and, and forming from there? How does it work? 
I think so. I feel like I'm just kind of absorbing inspiration. Different conversations usually like spark concepts in my head. Um, I don't know. It's usually late at night and just chilled. I have to be around people I really trust to kind of express everything. And then we just kind of try and, yeah, capture capture the magic there and then and just get a good recording and that's it <laughs> are you like a, are, do you try to do it in one take what's your style yeah there's a few songs on the album that i did in one take that feel like the realest rawest songs um but no i i do get a bit like over the top trying to make it perfect yeah. but sometimes then you just lose the essence that's it yeah well, the new album, Long Live the Angels, has this been in the works since the previous album? Was that three, four years ago that came out? Yeah, pretty much. Like, I don't feel there was a period where I stopped writing. I was just kind of collecting the best songs or the songs I felt ticked that chapter in my life at that time. So, yeah, I continued to write, but maybe the past year was when I thought I have to focus on this a thousand percent. So it t- that took a while to get the album out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Four years. Well, I mean writing the entire time or I mean have you got so how many songs did you create for this album in total and how many made it onto the album okay there's there's 15 songs on the album 18 on the deluxe cool so <laughs> so uh, yeah there's I mean literally hundreds of songs that maybe hopefully you can use for the next album or whatever but um, yeah there were a lot of songs wow <laughs> yeah. where do they all live are they on somebody's hard drive uh, yeah, somewhere? My laptop and like yeah, just wow. sitting there. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's very very cool. Hope we can get more out soon. Are you worried about album sales? Because your first one sold tons of albums, but does it, does it even matter anymore with streaming how it is today? Yeah, yes. I mean, it's such a different music industry, really. Um, I mean, I'd love it to sell a lot of copies, and I'd love a lot of people to like it, but it's really out of my control. I feel like as yeah. soon as I said, this is the album, it was really out of my control. So, I mean, hopefully, but we'll just... That's nerve-wracking a little. Yeah, but because, like, because the only, I had no expectations for the first album, and I feel like the only reason it connected was because people, you know, enjoyed the stories or connected to the stories. So, you know, I really just... I feel it's just up to destiny. You know, it's just yeah. like, I really just feel a bit of a theory about it. Like, it would be amazing, but you can't force music on people. No. And if they like it, then they'll they'll get a copy. How do you, do you like the music business or are you just strictly art? Um, I mean, it's great that so many creative people in one place, but uh, it's... It's an interesting business. It's hard to put business and music together. Yeah. Um. So I, I feel it's compromised. You know, I want people to know about the album. I want to kind of spread the word. So it's kind of just getting that balance right. What, what is the biggest difference between somebody listening to music in the UK and somebody listening to the music here in the States? Do you know? Or is there a difference or are we all the same? Oh, I'm not sure. Over here, I feel like there's a lot of specialist channels. Yeah. So if you only want to listen to one genre of music all day long, you could do that. And I mean, I guess there's there's there is that in the UK, but there's a lot more of different things might drop in. So your your ears kind of um, accustomed to more sounds. I think that's it. Faster rotation on songs, so there's more of a steady stream of new music. It's a different like it's a different category. It's differently. It's programmed beautifully, but mm. it's programmed differently. Right? Yeah. What's now, your- I, f- I feel now with the internet that everyone's kind of getting on the same listening spectrum. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. I feel like we are our ears open to everything now. It's up to us. Spotify is changing the game. Yes. <laughs> it's, but it's also like you know, it's also allowing a lot of room for a lot of artists. Mm-hmm. There's a fan base for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really cool I mean especially this time around releasing this album compared to the last one it's like you can just be like 
it's out and the whole world can hear it all at the same time and you know it's 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 daunting on one hand but also it's just inspiring that at click of a button the whole world can hear a new song yeah <laughs> technology yeah. science right. yeah. it's cool wi-fi <laughs> what is your radio station of choice in the uk um i love kiss i love radio one okay um yeah the bbc really put on like quality you're not a capital girl um yeah, maybe sometimes. Like, sometimes. <laughs> BBC Radio One's perfect. I mean, it's beautifully done. Yeah, and it's quite the variety, and you never know what you're really going to hear next. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, yeah, it's just everything. Especially in London, you get so many different stations. So yeah, if you don't like the song, you can just change the next one. Yeah. <laughs> now this this might be a dumb question. If it is, just let me know. Just say that was dumb. But <laughs> so you do have a medical background, right? You were in school. Yes. Do you ever write songs about medicine? Uh, um, or like your, that that part of your life? No, but strangely enough, there's the, the intro for the album. It's kind of going over like anatomy. So like I did go into a little bit of stuff that I learned, but not to be honest, not really. No. So okay. what do you retain from those moments? Like, can you tell me every bone in my body? Mm, sadly not. I, I, like, I feel like I've lost so much knowledge. It's been about six years since what, I studied. But what did you want to do? What what was the first goal before music? I really, well, I wanted to go into either psychiatry or neurology, like, cool. but I knew it was a lot of work, so I don't know how well I would have done, but that was the dream. I mean, different work, different focus, you know, that same passion, that same energy, just focus to music. Yeah, hopefully. Just a little more books. chilled out. Yeah, yeah a little different. Yeah. Not as much studying. Yeah. You memorize things you want to know, like yeah. your song lyrics. Exactly, yeah, it's a bit... Yeah. It's different. <laughs> yeah. What do you do while you're here in LA? Like, do you go out? Do you see people? Um, How often are you here? I, I'm i here quite a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, usually, I, I mean, I really like the water. I love going down to the beach. Cool. Hopefully going to go there tonight. Um, but yeah, I just, I just kind of drive around. Well, I don't drive. <laughs> so, like, so somebody just, drives you yeah, around? Yeah, yeah. Around. around. When's the last time you drove a car? Um, like two weeks ago. Like, oh, that's pretty like good. A, yeah, I was ready for like a Hillary Clinton answer, and she Hillary Clinton goes, "I haven't driven a car since like nineteen ninety or like nineteen eighty nine. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> she's had Secret Service protection forever. You well, well, you performed for Obama, right? Yes. How was that? Was, was a lot of pressure. Yeah, pretty nerve-wracking, but um, very inspiring. Like, the whole evening, he made us, everyone feel very relaxed, and it was for Carol King as well. So it was an honor to be there, but yeah, pretty, pretty cool. nerve-wracking. <laughs> so you get up on stage, and he's just staring at you, and just draw a blank. Yeah, <laughs> they were literally there, and I was like, uh, <laughs> here's your most famous song. <laughs> what do we think of Theresa May and Brexit o- across the pond? Um, yeah, I think everyone's still a little bit in, in shock about that. You know, shaken. Yeah, I think it was. No one was expecting that, uh, um, and so many changes all at once. It was literally the most craziest day week in politics or in the news. Every time you change, we had a new prime minister. This has happened. Someone's resigned. This- Nigel Farage is being a piece of <laughs> somewhere. You know? Yeah, I, I followed it from the states. No, you don't know this guy. He's, I don't know who that is. He's like he's like their Donald Trump almost, right? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. It's um, yeah. It was it was a bit crazy. In a nutshell, this guy told the uh, kind of like convinced the entire country to leave the <laughs> EU, and then like three weeks later, he decides to take him and his family and declare citizenship in Germany. <laughs> like he's nutso. Oh, nutso. Yeah, that was um pretty dramatic. <laughs> and now we, you know, everyone's trying to pick up the pieces yeah. and, and just hoping that 
you know, things can get a bit stronger. And the Queen, I follow the Queen. I, I'm, I'm a big, big UK fan, <laughs> yeah. dude. I, I don't Literally know if follows I, her. Uh, yeah, so. I, I stalk her everywhere. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big Queen fan. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to like understand the mo- like a monarchy, and you know, I, maybe we can have one here. We have Beyonce, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we have Kim Kardashian. It's different. Quickly, <laughs> you know? how how is it like working with Jay Electronica? Um, amazing. You know, I really, I just think he's a genius. And lyrically, he just, he inspires me so much. So I met him, um, you know, it was all very natural. I met him with Naughty Boy at his studio. And then uh, we just ended up hanging out over that summer. And I played them the music. And it all just came together really nicely. And he's just, he's, uh, he's amazing. His energy is just like out of this world. Do you ever ask him, like, hey, when are you going to put your album out? Yeah, all the time. Like, he's got so much amazing music, and I think when people finally hear it, it's, you know, he'll he'll blow everyone away. What, what, what do we think of Naughty Boy? Um, I don't know much about him except for the Zane thing. <laughs> oh, Naughty Boy is amazing. Like, he's uh, he's one of my closest friends, and he's, yeah, you have to meet him to really get it, yeah. but he's <laughs> very, very special. I'm ready. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bring him in. Who else do you, I mean, do you, who, who else in the UK scene is a friend of yours? Um, who else? Uh, Professor Green. Well, I worked with him cool. on the last album, and he's a really cool guy. Uh, Labyrinth. Oh, come yeah. on. <laughs> Labyrinth, obviously. Um, and yeah, just different. Well, I'm, you know, when Zane was coming to the studio, that was yeah. cool. Kind of met him. Do we see Sam Smith around? Where has he been? Um, I see him now and again, but I think he's been pretty busy. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't see, he, like, he hasn't been in the States. You know what I mean? Like, if you're not here, we don't talk about you, which is a terrible thing to be, a terrible way to be, out of sight, out of mind. I was just thinking of him the other day. I was like, I miss Sam Smith. Yeah, you know? I think he'll be coming back soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you have plans to work with Kendrick Lamar again? Because you did that a couple years ago, right? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to. Um, I don't have plans to, but I, I'm really inspired by him. And to work with him again would be wicked. Wow. Awesome. Everything from breathing underwater to Theresa May to Brexit <laughs> to Naughty Boy. Also, I got to mention, when I went to Ireland, uh, what was it, a couple years ago, everyone's like, you got to listen to the song Heaven. Oh, wow. And I still do. This song, if you have not heard Heaven, it is phenomenal. Oh, thank you very and much. And you got to check out Breathing Underwater. Yes, please. And Emily Sandy, thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you for having me. Greatly appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. This podcast is part of the Zach Sang Show Podcast Network.